0: specialist. Specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Buker and Friends Podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker.
1: Welcome to yet another coronavirus episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, you can hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me. Well, we hope to have an announcement on that shortly. Uh, but you can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buker. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear just me talking about what I exclusively feel are the most important or interesting topics in the sports world, primarily, but not exclusively, involving the NBA. And that is here. All right, this is our pre-NBA Finals edition. So that's what we're going to focus on. The battle between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. And before we're done, I'm going to give you my prediction. But we're going to get into why this is such an interesting matchup to predict. And why I could be very right uh, or I fully admit that there's potential for me to be wrong. But as I often say, if I was just prognosticating, if predicting was all that my job required or consisted of, I would be a fortune teller. And that is not what I am. I am a storyteller. And so to me, it's more important to explain why I believe something is going to happen and examine why it does or it doesn't or why it may or may not. So, uh, by the way, uh, the bubble. Going into the bubble, we were talking about how this was going to be a mentally tougher championship to win, potentially, than the normal championship. Uh, I've changed my view on that. I'm not going to put an asterisk on the title, but I'm also no longer affording it special status as more mentally challenging than previous championships simply because guys didn't have the freedom to live in their homes for several months. I mean, that's, in essence, is what it is. that They have had to be quarantined in the bubble, living within the Magic Kingdom in Orlando for, oh well, since July. So we're talking about three months. Yeah, um... It seemed like a reasonable thing to believe that that was going to be a hardship, that it was going to make things unusual. But what we've discovered along the way is that there have also been some tremendous conveniences. Um, that inconvenience of not being able to sleep in your own bed at least part of the time and be able to go about your normal normal ro- routine uh, is offset by not having to travel between games not having to play in front of hostile crowds or and this is a big one that most fans i would imagine don't realize what a uh, encumbrance it is and that is to take care of friends and family while trying to chase a championship when you are in the playoffs or you're in the finals everybody wants a ticket and everybody wants to be around you and wants to be on the scene and wants to go to games and wants to hang with you afterward. And so you really have to be diligent about making sure that you stay focused. That that none of that exists being here in the bubble. You don't have to worry about getting people tickets. You don't have to worry about where they're sitting, whether the tickets are good enough, how much you're spending, how they're going to get to the game, how your family's going to get to the game. Like all of that is put to the side. The rules determine that there's only one family member who's allowed to go to a game. And so all the players have to do, or have had to do, in the bubble is focus on their jobs. And while it's nice to have a break from that, I know I am particularly productive when I'm away from home and all I have to do is concentrate on doing my job. Now, how did we get on this subject? Because Kevin Durant, who has not played all season, who has never played in a bubble, and is not playing in one now, said that this one would for sure rank as tougher than normal championships because of what the guys are going through in the bubble. I saw one headline that referred to his remarks as brutally honest. That may be because dealing in conjecture or pulled out of his ass didn't have quite the same ring. But that's essentially what he did. Kevin Durant has no idea what those guys... going through in the bubble what it's like to play in a bubble and look it it happens it was on a podcast it was with joe budden it happens guys ruminate i've done it myself you ruminate you say something and you think about it a little bit more and you're thinking yeah (laughs) it's on second thought I probably that probably wasn't on the money i've probably done it in this podcast you guys don't need to go back and research and find examples if you want to fine But uh, trust me, I'm sure that they're there. The difference, of course, is that when KD says something, then uh, my fellow media members take it and run with it and call it something like brutally honest rather than not well thought out. So bottom line is I'm looking at the bubble and uh, I don't think it's been that stressful. I think that it's been more difficult on the veteran players when it comes to playoff basketball because it has taken away an advantage. And we will get into that more when it comes to the battle between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers because it looms large in that. But let's just say the veteran players have an advantage because of those veterans who have been through the playoffs because they have been conditioned to deal with the atmosphere of the playoffs whereas young players have never been through that it's actually flipped the other way in that the conditions in the bubble more resemble aau tournaments with no fans basically hanging with your boys at the hotel playing basketball going back to the hotel getting something to eat playing xbox going playing another game no fans, no atmosphere. Got to kind of generate your own energy within the team. Like, eh, you know, it's it's been quite some time since LeBron James. It's been 17 years since LeBron James has been in that atmosphere. It's been, I don't know, three years since Tyler Harrow. If that, three years since Tyler Harrow has been in that atmosphere. Uh, and in a number of guys. So... That's where I think the advantage has benefited the young guys over the veterans. And that's usually not the circumstance when it comes to the playoffs. So I do promise that we are going to get to that Heat-Lakers matchup. And I'm going to give you my prediction as to who I think is going to win and why. There is one other topic i want to get to before we get to that. And that is LeBron James at the Western Conference Finals award ceremony. Sitting down on the court in his socks. What the hell was that? I know that he said afterward, or it was interpreted as him saying, the job is not done. This is not for me. I've done this plenty of times. This is for my teammates. I'm not satisfied. I think that's what, what again, my friends in the media uh, suggested that it was. Interpreting it. Giving it a noble uh, spin, if you will. LeBron also said that he had other thoughts weighing on his mind about... Uh, His respect for Mike Malone and Anthony Davis and other teammates getting to the finals for the first time. And those were weighing on his mind. Obviously, it was weighing so heavily that he had to sit down. I have to tell you, I'm just fascinated at this point by LeBron's hunger for attention. And you can't tell me that that wasn't anything other than that. Yes, it's a statement, but it's a weird statement. And trust me, like I love how during a game, he always knows where the cameras are and when they're on him. I don't know of any other player who looks more directly in the camera and then looks away than, than LeBron James. But this, this is just weird. I, I, I mean, he couldn't think about his respect for Mike Malone or his teammates reaching their first finals, standing up with shoes on? Uh, or if he simply said, hey, I'm 35, man, and I just had another triple-double. I just worked my ass off. I would have said, dude, you have every right to take your shoes off and take a seat while your teammates are celebrating. You've already done it nine times. I totally get it. I, that I would have been so down with that that to me uh, i don't know it'd be honest but it would be understandable it would make him uh, human and but it's always he it, it, there's this need for things to be so grandiose that it, it's it is beneath him i've said this plenty of times there's so many things that he does i'm like dude you should be Bigger than that, you are bigger than that. Like, what is this? What is this? Speaking of which, like, how about him saying that his shoulders are broad enough and his mind is strong enough to win a championship with this team? I mean, look, it is amazing that this team is in the finals. I, uh, I, I commend him. I, I think it's a tremendous performance by him to get this team to the finals considering the number of past their prime players that they're relying on. Danny Green is struggling. Rajon Rondo has, I don't know if you know this, he's had five hand surgeries and is coming back and playing amazingly. But still, he's 34? Five hand surgeries? He shouldn't be doing what he's doing, and a big part of him being able to do what he's doing is It's because of LeBron James, without question. Dwight Howard, you're leaning on him in a big way. It's remarkable what LeBron has done. But I don't know, in fact, I don't know if there's another player in the league today who could have brought this team to this point. And maybe I'm old school. But having a guy tell me how broad his shoulders are and how strong he is mentally... Dude, why do you you don't have to tell me? You've showed me. What are you trying to convince me of? Especially, especially for someone who has accomplished as much as LeBron has. It is mind-boggling to me that he still has this need to tell us how great he is. And I, I look, you may be a LeBron stands. I, okay. It's not a good look. I'm just telling you. And you may not think I'm an objective observer. I am. I appreciate what LeBron has done. I I wish that he wouldn't do some of these things so I could appreciate him more. I think he devalues himself. He's done it consistently. He's he should be for all that he's done, he shouldn't have as many critics as he does. He shouldn't have as many people who look at him and go, "Yeah, dude, you know, you've done a lot. You're 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 a really good player, but" Damn man, can't you just can't you just do be a little bit better? And don't give me the whole he's got a school and and all of that. I mean eh, yes, he's done that. I, I won't go into David Robinson has 20 schools and Jalen Rose has done it. Like LeBron advertises what he does better than anybody else. It's not necessarily that he does more than anybody else. He just advertises it better. And trust me, trust me, having covered this league for 25 years, the guys that I really admire, the guys who do it, and they are adamant, I'm only going to do this if you, if, if it's not publicized. I, and I did a book. I've just done a book with a guy that's going to come out in the spring. And he's one of those guys. And it got out anyway, but it wasn't from his people and it wasn't advertised. But... Those are the guys that I truly admire, and there are a lot of guys like that in the NBA. When it comes to this whole broad shoulders, mind strong enough to get this team, never never mind that it's also insulting to his teammates in a backhanded sort of way. No one questions that he's carried this team. I mean, there are a few dummies who just read box scores and think Anthony Davis is carrying the team or is the MVP or whatever, but among people who actually watch the games and know what they're watching... No one questions that the Lakers would not be where they are if, say, AD were the actual leader of the team and LeBron James wasn't on it. I'm not even sure that they would be a playoff team. But if they were, they would have been in the mix with the Blazers and the Grizzlies fighting for the eighth seed because we've got seven years of evidence that that's about the best that AD can do when he's the, the leader of the team. Uh, And even AD has admitted, for those who are not paying attention, has said that without LeBron and Rondo encouraging and guiding him and keeping him straight and not letting him get down, that he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. If you're the leader of the team, you don't need somebody else bucking you up. Right? You're doing the bucking up. But all that said, there's no need for LeBron to advertise the fact that he's carrying the team. Uh, countless stars were the primary reason for their team success. But what other star have you heard say something like LeBron said in a live interview? Derrick Rose, when he carried that mediocre, otherwise mediocre, Chicago Bulls team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Did you hear Rose talking about, yeah, you know, I, I, I got big shoulders and I'm just mentally tough and I'm the reason that that we're here. I haven't heard that Michael Jordan once referred to his supporting cast and caught grief for it but or referred to the other players on the team as his supporting cast and caught grief for it but Jordan never ever talked about how mentally strong he was or how much he had to do to get the bulls to the finish line. it actually makes me laugh just imagining him doing that he didn't he didn't tell you he showed you and He knew that he had showed you. Took it for granted that you saw what he was doing. He was going to prove it to you. He wasn't going to tell you. And that's always the question that when LeBron does these things, it makes me think that he's trying to convince himself. That's why he says it. Because he himself is not convinced that his shoulders are broad enough or that he's mentally strong enough. And when you're three and six in the finals, I guess that's understandable that you might have some uncertainty. Again, I would much rather hear LeBron James being honest about that. Hey, I'm 35. I desperately want to win a championship, not just for myself, but these guys. But we got a tough road in front of us in Miami Heat or special. And it may look like I'm doing everything, but Anthony Davis has had a hell of a year and... These guys are better than you think. And Rajan, like, shine the light on everybody else and allow us to shine the light on you. That's how it works. And LeBron certainly has enough people out there that are willing to shine the light on him. So when he takes it and he places it over his own head, it just looks ridiculous. There's no need for it. No player who's accomplished as much as he has needs to do something like that. But he he has, and he no doubt will again. All right, Lakers versus Heat. Most delicious storyline. You may be aware of this, you may not. Pat Riley was very salty when LeBron James left the Miami Heat. Not just that he left the Miami Heat but the way he left the Miami Heat. He basically did to the Miami Heat what LeBron also did to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is give them the big okey-doke. Didn't see it coming. Didn't have to have an opportunity to prepare for LeBron James's absence. And this is one of the things that grates on me the most when people look at teams and, uh, and what they do after LeBron leaves. What the cleveland cavaliers did after he left and went to miami what miami was after he left and he went back to cleveland what cleveland became again when he went on to la is they look at it and say well see this is why this is this is the reflection of how great Le- lebron is and how minimal the uh, the contribution is from the teams around him how limited the teams are around him it's uh, it's a convenient argument to make. and But there's a reason that it's happened three times. And it's not because LeBron is this indispensable piece. He is, in terms of when you build a team around LeBron, you have to build a team specifically for LeBron. You can't have other stars that function. Or at least, you haven't been haven't been able to do that in the past at this point in his career he's a little bit like Kobe after he lost to the Celtics in the finals where he realized I need to utilize the pieces around him I can't do it myself anymore LeBron is I, I believe to a certain extent is in that stage he can't carry a team all by himself I'm not saying that AD hasn't had a big part in what they've done I'm just saying he can't drive the bus. Even now, at this stage of LeBron's career. In any event, Pat was not happy that LeBron left the way that he did. And I have to believe that Pat, at 75 years old, one, obviously wants to win another championship. But his opportunity to deny LeBron James entry to the Lakers' ring of champions, of which pat riley is part of would be i can't imagine anything that would be sweeter revenge than up and leaving him holding the bag in miami with a team that essentially had been built for lebron james because this is what happens you need veterans you generally need older role players to play around lebron because lebron is going to dominate the ball So you need guys who are smart. But they're experienced and they are role players. They play specific roles so that they are defined chess pieces that LeBron can utilize and that they can play their roles extremely well. Because if you play with LeBron, you have to be able to read and play off of LeBron. He's going to do what he does, but he wants to know that you're going to do a specific thing. And then... You see what he's going to do, and you do your specific thing. You play your specific role. That's how it works. And that's why teams collapse when he leaves. He is the centerpiece. Teams have to be built that way. You can't put a lot of young talent around LeBron and expect to win. The Lakers last year, don't give me that they started off and were the fourth seed and 21 and whatever on on Christmas Day before LeBron got hurt there was a lot of friction with that team because it was a young team because guys wanted to show what they could do because guys weren't as consistent in their roles as LeBron needs to be LeBron James. So I just, if he had, even if he had stayed healthy, that team would have had trouble staying together and accomplishing anything. Certainly in the postseason, especially so that's why teams collapse when LeBron leaves. Now, Miami went through that; they recovered from it. I have to believe that Pat probably got a, you know, at at seventy something, that that was an added jolt of motivation to get back in the in the driver's seat and go out and find talent and build another champion. I don't know that he knew that he was going to face LeBron in the finals, but now he gets to, and man. That, I just, I can't watch to see that, I can't wait to see that battle. Now, the reason that I have, and here is my prediction,
0: to find out if it's right for you.
1: I have the Miami Heat winning and winning in six games. And it is largely because of intimate knowledge of LeBron James by the Miami Heat. Eric Spoelstra obviously has coached him and Andre Iguodala has played against him as has Jimmy Butler obviously, but Andre Iguodala has played against him in the finals. Now, I don't know how much Iguodala has left, but I do know that Iguodala, and I'm not even sure how effective ultimately Iguodala was when he won the MVP of the finals in part because of guarding LeBron James. I think LeBron averaged damn near a triple-double, so I don't know exactly how effective Andre was but I know he knows how to make the game difficult for LeBron in certain situations I don't think physically he's capable of implementing that anymore but he doesn't have to he has that knowledge to pass on to Bam Adebayo and Bam is the biggest reason why I believe the Heat can win this series because Bam as a defender his size and his athleticism he can match up With either AD or LeBron and make things difficult on one of them all by himself. I think he can challenge one of them on a consistent basis. Foul trouble is something to certainly be concerned about. But you take away one of those two, if those, I mean, those two have to be great on a nightly basis, great and efficient. Uh, for them to be successful. I also, as much as I have thoroughly enjoyed seeing Rajan Rondo be playoff Rondo again and have this rejuvenation, if you will, I believe that the Heat have the personnel between Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler to make things difficult on Rondo. And so I'd... Don't expect that he's going to be quite as effective as he has been uh, certainly against the Denver Nuggets. I mean, he's a huge different maker. And to me, if you go with the big three, Rajon Rondo, without question, is the third going with AD and LeBron. Now, I understand in my prediction that I'm going against convention because convention says that there's almost no chance that the Lakers don't walk away with the title. But Convention has not prevailed, for the most part, in the bubble so far. The absence of fans, no travel, no staying in hotels in an opposing team's city, none of the supercharged atmosphere that makes it readily apparent every minute exactly what is at stake. All of that, which wears on any player who never has experienced, experienced it, none of that exists. I'll never forget Steve Smith... The former Atlanta Hawk, uh, Miami Heat, shooting guard. Uh, now you see him on NBA TV. He We spoke after his first playoff series. First time he'd ever been in the playoffs with the Hawks. And it was only a first round battle. And I want to say it was against the Heat. I should have looked this up. But in any event, I was just asking him about the difference between regular season play and playoffs. And... He was the first one to tell me, this is several decades ago, about how different it was. And he slept for like three days after the playoffs were over. And that was only like one round, but it was his first taste of it. And he said, the games are just so hard and so intense. And unless you've been through it, you don't know how to marshal your energy. How to conserve it? How to expend it wisely and efficiently? And your game has to be really efficient. To me, that was the great failing in my choice of the Clippers because uh, to win it all, because I assumed that Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams would provide this X factor off the bench that you know few other teams, if any other team, had. And that was going to loom large the deeper you went into the playoffs because that's how the playoffs work. The, the stars kind of cancel each other out and the matchups going down the roster. You go farther and farther down the roster. So I've seen this time and again in the finals where the difference between what the eighth and, and maybe the ninth guy off the bench does in particular games ends up being the difference between winning and losing. Uh, Certainly the battles between the Cavaliers and the Warriors were reflective of that. When Barbosa was giving them uh, something off of the bench, the Warriors were winning. And when Mo Williams did it for the Cavs, it swung the other way. Dante Jones, one series, Patrick McCaw, and another for the Warriors. Like That's what ended up being a factor. And so I just assumed that Montrez and Lou would be providing that for the Clippers. What I didn't count on was Montrez Harold not staying in any kind of shape during the shutdown and then getting to the bubble late and not getting in shape or staying in shape while he was attending to his grandmother's funeral. And Lou Williams made the mistake of looking at his performance against the Warriors for the Clippers in the first round last year where he was one of the primary scorers and not looking at his previous playoffs runs some of which he was a complimentary player as he was this year and his numbers in those previous years in the playoffs were very similar to what he did this year Lou Williams is one of those guys who's a great regular season player And looking at his game, it's understandable why it doesn't translate to the postseason. Because you need to be fundamentally sound. Yes, stars, effective players in the playoffs need to be able to go above and beyond. When everything breaks down, you need to be able to create something out of nothing. Uh, Lou Williams is good at that. But that's all that he's good at. Like He has to freelance and improvise. He does that all the time. Taking off-balance shots, he takes those all the time. When you add in the fatigue, the additional fatigue factor, and the game planning, you are forced into off-balance shots and into places that you really don't want to go. And so that is what Lou had to face and why he was so ineffective for the better part of, of the playoffs. That's what I ultimately got wrong when it came to... That. But when I look at the heat and what they have, like we haven't seen much of Myers Leonard, but he can shoot the three. We didn't see in the last series, we didn't see much of Kelly Alinnick. I would expect that if the Lakers try to play big, we'll see Myers Leonard. We'll see Kelly Olenek. And the one thing that they have, and this will be interesting, because Dwight Howard is probably going to get the better of them. Inside around the basket, although size wise and physically, uh, you know, Kelly Alinek is one of those guys who just, he's a nuisance. He gets into you. He's not going to out jump you. He's not going to block you, but he's always going to put a body on you and he's going to make you work to get to the place you want to go. It will be interesting to see the effectiveness of Myers and Alinek keeping Dwight off of the boards, especially the offensive boards for the Lakers. But at the other end, both of those guys can shoot the three and shoot the three effectively. And what we've seen pretty consistently, especially with the Lakers versus the Nuggets in this last series, uh, and I would say overall for the Lakers, when they shoot the three well, that has been the recipe. And, and I, I haven't broken down every series, but by and large, shooting the uh, three well not frequently and efficiently, has, been, has dictated the winning team more often than not. Not a f- hard and fast rule, but has been a, a big factor, as it has been increasingly in the league overall. But especially in the bubble, that is what I have seen. So I look at the edge overall. Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson. Biggs, who can shoot the three. Jimmy Butler is shooting the three well. Goran Dragic certainly shoots it well. Rajan Rondo, amazingly, and maybe not amazingly, because if you look at his playoff three-point shooting, he's shot, I think career-wise, 40% from three. Is is closer to 30% during the regular season, but 40%. He's a, He is the quintessential gamer. He'd have players to match him. In that, who shoot 40%, whether it's in the in the bubble or in the regular season, guys that I probably, as much as I love Rajan, I would say if I had to bet on one or the other shooting it well, I would go with Goran Dragic shooting it shooting it well. But three point shooting from the bigs with the Heat and Bam Adebayo being able to neutralize or I don't want to say neutralize because I'm sure that AD and and LeBron are going to get numbers but make them work for those numbers and make it so that they're not getting a whole lot of numbers for other guys and AD generally doesn't do that but if they can make things difficult on Rajon then that's going to limit things on AD. So I'll be interested to see how Spo ultimately uses Bam who he uses him against more and I've would expect that it's probably going to move that around depending on how the series goes and and how the Lakers play. I do think there's going to be a lot of adjustments made through the course of this series. Now, the big hole in my theory of the Heat winning is that they don't have that defined superstar go-to player. Jimmy Butler is not that player. Duncan Robinson might might be the closest thing they have to it, which is the scariest aspect of that. I would probably anybody who says Dragic is higher in the pecking order, okay, but I've just seen so many situations in these playoffs where the Heat have run a play for Duncan Robinson when they need a basket at the end of a game. And certainly crazy knockdown shooter and have not seen anything that would suggest me that he's phased at this point who knows the nba finals you know opportunity to win a championship can be different it just makes me really nervous to think that the go-to player for a championship team is a division three cat who takes i don't know the 70, 80%, maybe more of his shots are three point shots. Who's not a finisher inside or is not proven to be that consistently? So, and by saying that Duncan Robinson is the go to guy, it means that they don't have one, you know, that it's going to be by committee. And I thought that the Toronto Raptors would be successful in doing that this year without Kawhi Leonard, that it would be a little Pascal Siakam and a little Fred Van Vliet and a little Kyle Lowry, uh, maybe even a Serge Ibaka now and then. And that didn't work out so well. And generally it doesn't. You do need that one guy who has the respect of the referees, especially if he's being guarded by the other team's superstar. We saw that with Jamal Murray. Uh, When he was being guarded by Alex Caruso, he got the call. When he was guarded by LeBron James, he did not get the call. And while I am not a conspiracy theorist, and having worked as a referee, uh, as a basketball referee, and having gone through a training as a what was then the D-League with Zach Zarba and a couple other guys were in in my group, I... I appreciate how hard the job is and how the integrity of the NBA referees, how high it is. I don't question any of the guys, certainly, that I know about that. And I know how, how hard it is just to do the job, that the idea that you were going to manipulate games is really difficult. Nonetheless, nonetheless, the, the benefit of the doubt generally goes to the better player in bang-bang situations. And who's that going to go to with the Miami Heat? Is Duncan Robinson going to get a call against LeBron James? Yeah, it's probably not going to be the matchup, but if Duncan Robinson in a situation goes up, is is he going to get that call? Is Jimmy Butler going to get the call against LeBron or AD? Don't know. In fact, I, you know, I'm not even putting AD in that category. I don't know that he quite gets that respect from the referees yet. In fact, I'm pretty certain he doesn't. It's really LeBron. But games as they did with the Denver Nuggets can come down to that. Who LeBron is guarding and whether he gets the benefit of the doubt or not. And that goes both directions. Who is Bam Adebayo going to get the benefit of the doubt against LeBron? Certainly Jeremy Grant didn't. And I don't know about you guys, but I was astonished at the number of plays that I looked at and said, that's a charge and it was called a block every time or almost every time so i have my theory that the bubble is different that the bubble uh, does not reward experience as far as uh, collective experience so you know danny green's experience in the final and dwight howard's and uh, lebron's doesn't carry all that much weight. The understanding that Eric Spolstra has about LeBron and Andre Iguodala uh, is, to me, is more important. And the young guys and the versatility of the Heat roster. And Bam Adebayo's terrific, amazing energy and ability to defend and and be a threat scoring-wise... I just, who's matching up with him? Who's going to keep him off the boards? Mr. Two-rebound Anthony Davis? Not so sure about that. Uh, So it will be interesting. But Lakers have LeBron. Lakers have the superstar. And a friend of mine likes to say, you know, the team with the best player inevitably wins series, uh, especially when it comes to the finals. So, we shall see. But that's my pick, and I'm sticking with it. Can't wait to see that first game. Coming up in a matter of hours, depending on when you're listening to this. So, that does it for this episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Those stars and those ratings are advertisers and supporters Really appreciate that. It tells them that people care enough about the podcast uh, to take a second to push a button. And if you care about it, it means that they care about it. So on behalf of them and me in advance, thank you for doing that. Uh, In the next podcast, we will be into the NBA Finals. And I'm going to find either one of my former player friends or someone who just got out of the bubble to talk about what we're seeing and what it means but until then please stay safe and as always thanks for listening